0: Hi everyone, I hope you're doing well. Welcome to the second episode of Re-Envision. My name is Paul Francis Segarik. I'm a brain cancer survivor turned wellness coach, offering guidance on various breathing, body, and mental restorative and self-regulating practices, as well as guidance on healthy lifestyle changes and outlooks which all helped me get through a very dark time in my life, as well as maintain my physical, mental, and spiritual well-being to this day. The rest of my life is dedicated to sharing with the world the practices and ideas which have helped me out in life, so I plan on having this podcast contain a mixture of sharing bits and pieces of my story, because I believe stories are meaningful, Changes that I've made in my life, practices which have brought balance to my life, and ideas that I feel are worth contemplating if one is looking to bring balance into theirs. At some point throughout each episode, I will guide through a very simple and effective practice which you can follow along with and see what you get out of it. The content in this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of something you've heard on this podcast. I, Paul Francis Segaric, disclaims any and all liability to any party for any direct, indirect, implied, punitive, special, incidental, or other consequential damages arising directly or indirectly from any use of this podcast content, which is provided as is and without warranties. That all being said, let's just go ahead and start off with a mini practice today before I jump into uh, where I left off with my brain cancer trauma story. So wherever you're at, as long as you're not driving or operating machinery or underwater in the tub or anything, (laughs) let's just... Together, go ahead and just turn our attention inward for a moment. We'll just go ahead and just simply become aware of the quality of our breath in this moment. Take a second to notice the speed of our breath, the depth of our breath. You don't have to change anything about it just yet. Unless anything naturally happens, you can just allow it to happen. But just how we would check in with a close friend or family member just practice our listening skills just see how our breath is doing Mm -hmm. and just showing it that we're there for it then together we can just Go ahead and just simply become aware, just how we did with our breath, just become aware though of how we're currently holding our physical body in this moment. Just scanning our physical body from head to toe, just noticing any areas that we feel like we're holding on to something. we don't, don't necessarily even have to change anything unless it naturally happens if there's a release of sort or something but just taking a moment to check in just how we did with our breath but with our body just like we would with a close friend or family member Together we'll just go ahead and move on to just becoming aware of the current state of our mind. So any thoughts, any emotions. And again, just becoming aware is all we're looking to do here. Sometimes simply by just bringing our awareness to our breath, bringing our awareness to our physical body, bringing our awareness to our thoughts, feel, it gives it some room to kind of just naturally restore in a way by just simply bringing our awareness to it and maintaining that awareness and presence and providing space for it to express itself in a healthy way. So to go back to where we left off in the first episode, with my cancer and trauma journey story, I uh, thought, you know, that I was going to go to a normal eye appointment, went to see an ophthalmologist again because I had some double vision that I was experiencing for some time now and I was diagnosed previously as having Bell's palsy. So I kind of just thought the double vision was from Bell's palsy, which led me to the eye appointment. And it was from there that the ophthalmologist tossed around the words brain tumor being a possibility. And he asked if, if I'd feel comfortable going to the ER across the street. And you're welcome to, uh, revisit the first episode if you'd like or if you haven't listened to it yet just to hear that funny little (laughs) story when I first went into the ER just because my eyes were dilated and uh, they thought that I was maybe like on acid or or mushrooms having a a bad experience thinking that I was going to die but uh yeah no It uh, ended up being some brain tumors. So so I was in a room and I had some general scans done that revealed that there were some tumors in the center of my brain. And there just wasn't really like a lot of detail at all or um, any, uh, there was a lot of uncertainty at that time till I got some further scans. So I wasn't, you know, I wasn't sure of any prognosis, um, what type of cancer it was, what it could progress into. And by this time, some family and my girlfriend at the time had came in. And we're all just, you know, waiting for more information to come. During this time, it's kind of interesting because I started to learn and develop a curiosity about how our breathing affects us, our physiology and our nervous system. Maybe about like a a year or two before I went into the hospital just kind of cool to think I mean I didn't really develop like a, a habitual practice of any sort um, by this time but I tried a little, little bit of little breathing practices here and there and so it's kind of like I was in some interesting way preparing myself for this moment and so while I was in the hospital bed, in the room with my family, girlfriend, and with doctors coming in and out with little bits of information and just all the uncertainty and all the wild emotions and thoughts that were just blasted towards me. Um, It was kind of nice that I could just begin to come back to my breath for some sort of comfort. And it did definitely help me remain somewhat calm during that time. And if you know me, if you've been to any of my classes or anything, um, you know that getting in tune with my breath has been the number one most transformative thing that I've brought into my life throughout this whole journey, throughout anything previous in my life that had happened, traumatic or anything, getting in tune, developing an awareness of my breath on a deep level and doing various breathing practices has just allowed me to find so much peace and balance throughout all of this. So again, I'm very, very grateful that a year or two uh, before going into the hospital, I kind of stumbled upon some of that information. And so I had to wait however many days for a bed to open up. at the Cleveland Clinic main campus, so that helped. <laughs> Having to just wait around a lot longer, you know. But you know, I can say that. But also at the same time, it's it's pretty unbelievable the care that we have now for uh, when when we do encounter issues like this in our life. So. Very, very grateful that you know I was helped by every single person and every single bed that I laid in, and just all the care that I received during this time. So I go and get transported to the Cleveland Clinic main campus, and I remember being wheeled. In on a stretcher or yeah a bed like outside to get into the the uh, ambulance or the transportation vehicle <laughs> and I I I'll always remember this moment um, I there were these um, two older women who were wheeling me and I was you know trying to have a little bit of Small talk with them. Um, but I'd, I'll always remember there was a little bit of, of sunlight that was shining and it just felt so unbelievably nice uh, when I reached that sunlight to the point where where I asked them if if it would it all be possible you know before going into... You know, before I go to the hospital with who who knows what's going to happen, can I just like stay in this sunlight for like just a little bit longer? <laughs> and uh, you know, they had to do do their job, um, but they they did say we can take the long way, and so that was insanely nice of them. And I wish that I had had gotten their names too. You know, at some later day go and thank them in some way. So I arrived at the Cleveland Clinic, and the first place that I actually stayed for a few days or so was in the ICU before I had gotten my brain surgery. And in the ICU, there were maybe at least, like, four other Patience and what was dividing us was really just a, ha- a thin hanging sheet. So there wasn't really a whole lot of privacy, and you could tell, you know, by the noises that you were hearing coming from them throughout the night um, that they were just in a lot of pain and, and discomfort. So by this time, I uh, had some more in-depth um, MRI scans done, which revealed that the I had a couple tumors um, on my pineal gland right near my brainstem, and it was revealed that the tumors were causing a Pressure buildup of the fluid that circulates throughout your brain and spine called cerebral spinal fluid. And that's what was causing certain symptoms and damage to begin to arise. And so I had this brain surgery scheduled for them to go in, get a biopsy as well as release some of the pressure buildup that was occurring with that fluid causing certain symptoms to arise. I was almost about to have to have a shunt placed that would come out behind my ear um, where if they weren't able to totally figure out the pressure buildup, if it were to happen again, it would have some place to release outside the back part of my ear. I'm very grateful that I didn't have to have that happen. Although I would, you know, be grateful if I did have to have it happen because it's amazing that that technology exists and, you know, can save lives. So leading up to my brain surgery, I did start to um, experience Some heightened sleep deprivation, kind of for obvious reasons. Of course, you know, I was in ICU and I, you know, I was about to have brain surgery. So just under high amounts of stress. So I'm sure my cortisol levels were just like through the roof, keeping me awake. But also, like I said in the first episode, for some months I was starting to begin to experience some pretty. Bizarre issues with my sleep with staying asleep as well as getting to sleep and so for maybe three days or so straight before my brain surgery I just did not get a single wink of sleep like nothing at all which of course still kind of seems normal given the situation um and we'll we'll get a little more into what that sleep deprivation turns into after after my brain surgery and so i'll always remember i had this nurse this older lady who had some very just very warm loving motherly energy to her i'm just insanely grateful that she was there during that time and i'm gonna kind of butcher what she told me before going into surgery but She could just sense, of course, you know, that I was not in a good mental place. And she was, you know, trying to ease my mind. And she just said something along the lines of how, you know, there's going to be a brain surgery. um, But there's, you know, all these people who really, really know what they're doing. And it's going to get done in the best way possible. And So whatever's going to get done is going to get done. And the best thing to kind of do in the meantime is just surrender and let happen whatever has to happen. And I don't, you know, (laughs) it's a very simple, simple thing to say to someone to kind of ease their mind, but. Just whatever delivery that she had in her presence combined with it, it was just perfect for that moment and gave me some sort of of comfort before I went into surgery. So I held my breath (laughs) and went in. Very, very, very insanely grateful again for everyone who took care of me during that time and i'm very happy to say that the surgery went very well (laughs) just to share a little bit of a little funny side story um, i do remember when i was starting to kind of come back Um, into reality when the drugs were wearing off after surgery I I remember hallucinating that the actress from the show The Nanny because I watched it uh, quite often when I was younger, my mom was a big fan of it Um, but for some reason the actress that plays The nanny, Fran Drescher, I believe her name is, um, was just laying next to me, just kind (laughs) of hanging out with me uh, when I started to come back to reality after my surgery, which was kind of funny. And so at this point in my journey, um, after having brain surgery, getting the biopsy, getting a little more uh, information and and clarity on what the cancer was and everything. Um, I am about to dive into a very traumatic experience that had happened during this time after surgery. And I think that I'm just gonna wait till the next episode to to jump into it just because I'm sure I'll sit with and talk quite a bit about it and continue to just digest what happened, but it's something that really, really shook my core. Um which to this day I've I've worked on, you know, kind of digesting it and shaking it out of me. And I've come a very long way, but there's this one pretty specific moment. And then, the, of course, there's other very traumatic things that happen throughout this journey as well. But before we get into this first traumatic one, um, I think we'll just save it for episode three. So, again, thank you so much for giving me your ear, having me walk through this, you know, to continue digesting everything that had happened during this time, as well as just, you know, share my story so that you can become a little more familiar with me. And hopefully, you know, try out the things that helps me out getting through this dark time of my life, as well as maintain balance to this day. So we'll go ahead and just end with a pretty simple practice Let's just go ahead and together just begin to slightly slow down our breath. Not forcing it to go too slowly, but just slightly slower than we were initially breathing. Together, let's just begin to slightly deepen our breath. And again, not forcing it to go too deeply, but just slightly deeper than we were initially breathing. And together, let's just go ahead with our next inhale. Nice and slowly creating some fists with our hands and fingers. and Just tensing at the top of the inhale and releasing that tension, slowly opening our hands and fingers, slowly exhaling. Just repeat this a few times, slowly inhaling, slowly making some fists with our hands and fingers. And nice and slowly releasing that fist, relaxing our hands and fingers, opening them up. I believe that every one of us has a gift at our core to contribute to the health and well being this world we live in, and when supplied with the right tools, knowledge, and community support, together we can thrive. So with this podcast, alongside sharing my cancer journey story, I will continue to share restorative and self-regulating practices and ideas, which I believe can help us in doing so. You're welcome to visit my Instagram, Mindset Guidance with Paul, where I post my content and any future classes, as well as visit my website, mindsetguidance.org, to learn a little bit more about me and what I offer. Thank you all for tuning in again and giving me your ear. I appreciate you.